Yeah. I've been frozen this whole time? Yeah. No, my whole computer froze. It's still 823 on my computer. Wow. And you kept up with it. You're a champ, dude. Yeah, bro. Dude, I, I didn't freak out. I was about time. to freak out. Bro, I was about to freak out, but I was like, okay, he hasn't said anything yet. Let me just keep rolling with it. I would have been 100% thrown off. Yeah, no. It, it, Dude, good for it's you, man. Still I, I wouldn't have been bro. able to do that. Bro, because I was like, no, the, the flow right now is absolutely on point. Like, if I ruin yeah. this right now, I'm going to be so heated. <laughs> How's it, everybody? Welcome to the third episode of the Two Islands Podcast. Uh, this will be the last episode from this past recording session. We tried to save the best stuff for last, so it'd mean the world if you guys could watch all the way through. Um, and yeah, let us know what you think in the comments. Please don't forget to like and subscribe if you did enjoy the video, and we hope you enjoy. Thank you very much. I saw this TikTok. I don't know if we want to include this because it might piss off some people. But I'm busy right now. Who is it? Yeah. Yeah. I just try to lay down. I'm busy right now because I'm recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think we're leaving that in as well. <laughs> what were we talking about? Um, kids not being built for it. They're not. They're not ready. Okay. So have you seen like the the TikTok trend where it's like, I don't know the dance. It was like. That thing? No, I don't think I've seen those. Okay, I well, I guess I gonna, now I just feel like. Or if I have seen them, I just wasn't paying attention to the actual dancers. But, uh, oh. No, it's like a trend right now, but like people in the comments were like, so it, the whole thing is like in the beginning, it's like a, like a guy acting all tough and stuff like that. And yeah. then um, afterwards, it's him acting like what I thought was a girl. Like, because there's like a bunch of these trends where it's like, shawty little baddie, she my little boo thing. Have you seen that one? I've seen that like, one. I actually have seen and that then, one. And then the girl walks in and she's like, hey, shawty got the fatty. Or something like that, right? She's yeah. Just acting like the other it's gender. like, it's like, it's like life stuff, right? Yeah. And so what happens is these guys are like acting like tough guys in the second part of the song, with the boom, boom, boom stuff. They're acting like more feminine, right? And then in the comments, there's people like duetting like, can't believe you guys are hating gay people like this. What? That is absolutely no. not the point. No. And they're like, no, you're mocking and teasing. No. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just the thing that's happening right now. Not, not that we're like following what everyone else is doing, right? But that's just like the trend. You're acting like the other gender. And in my head this whole time, I didn't know it was aimed at gay people or people who acted um, androgynous or anything like that. To me, it was just like a fun little thing. Because like these guys on TikTok are always like thirst trapping and stuff like that. So when they act yeah. like girls, it's like, it's just fun, you know? But it's hard to like do that without offending someone or even talk about it right now. And it's, yeah, I just don't get what the big deal is. Act, it, I don't know, just like, they're just like they're making fun of themselves, really. Yeah, because, because in they my opinion, always take themselves so seriously. Exactly. So when they make like the boom, <laughs> it's, it's not to tease anyone but themselves, you know? Because they're always like, and now they're not doing that, and it's cool, it's fun, you know. I just don't know why people are take it so seriously. And in the comments, we're like, man, Gen Z, really a bunch of snowflakes up in here. <laughs> And I hate to, like, come off as one of those people, like, oh, you're being too sensitive. You shouldn't be complaining like that. And, like, but come on, you know? Like, I feel like we're in, like, in the type of cancel culture that we're in today, everyone's going to have a problem with anything just to, like, make their voice heard and feel like a victim, you know? I know. And, again, before anyone tries to spend my words, I'm not saying all gay people and homosexual, LGBTQ plus people act like victims or transgender people. That's not, what I'm that's not, not the what point, and that's not what we're saying. I'm just saying everyone generally nowadays romanticizes the idea of being a victim. So everyone's going to find a way to have a problem with something someone else is doing. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. You can just very easily just take it as a joke. And of course, not everything can be made, um, can be made, a, can be turned into a joke. Um, like, there are some messed up things that happen in social media. Like, um, 
for example, you know, when people are like doing like something that like attracts a lot of attention, like top 10, da 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 da, or like a girl is doing like a thirst trap, and then all of a sudden, like it pops in, arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. And then, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That audio. So, someone recently like made a new audio where it's like arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor, and it's like, psych, and then they like do something else funny. So, they're really just using the Breonna yeah, Taylor just, stuff. That's just a slap in that's the face. That's messed up. That's, that's a slap in the face. Yeah. But these things like with guys just like making fun of themselves. Because like, that's where it's like you're taking someone's death and then you're attaching a laugh to it. Even though, even if like you may not be yeah. intentionally like trying to disrespect that person or their family, it's like mm-hmm. you're taking a death and not just like someone passing away, but someone being murdered yeah. and spinning it to then be attached to something funny. That's where it's like, what are you doing? Making a joke of their, their thing. Because it's not yeah. what you expect, right? You're expecting something very solemn and serious and old. Oh, sorry. Oh, funny. Yeah. No, it's not funny. No, it's not funny. <laughs> but then, like, going back to what we were saying earlier, like, people are going after guys for doing that, right? Mm. But then there's, like, other challenges with the girls, like, shawty little baddie, yeah, you're a little boo thing. Shawty got the fatty. You know that one? Yeah. Like, where the girls, like, put on the hats and they have, like, the mascara on Yeah, and on they have, there. like, the mascara Dude, no one's coming after them for that. Because there's the, no like, problem with it. They have, like, shirt like this. Yeah. They're coming on the screen. And it's, like... Like, I could very easily say, oh, my God, you're just, like, touting stereotypical masculine traits. What about the guys who can't feel like they live up to that? Or we don't like being typecast this way. Or... I could very easily say that. Yeah. Very easy. And I'm not saying but, all girls the flip side of thing are, on the flip side of this conversation are doing that, but like, come on, you know, just don't, yeah. there's no need for everything to be so heavy, you know? And I feel like what I'm saying right now is, is can very easily be spun into something ignorant, like, oh, it's just a joke. Don't, 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 don't. but really it is just a joke, you know, like people are making yeah. fun of themselves. I don't know. I don't know. Um, because like girls pulling up the sleeves, acting masculine, wearing the backwards hat, having facial hair, that could be perceived as like mocking transgender people, right? Where's the difference, you know? Right. I don't know. That's just my take on it. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like just in terms of those types of things, it's like there's a group of people who will always speak out against any sort of, I don't know how to put it, but like when people basically take some sort of, I guess, not to not to call it like stereotype, but like more traditional behavior of some person or some group, mm-hmm. and then they use that, I think people just get offended because that person isn't necessarily identifying in that group themselves and the thing is even if that person is identifying in the group themselves other people in that same group will be mad at them for putting that stereotype out there so it's like yes in some ways there's no there's no ever like there's no way to win with anybody yeah just because it's like whatever you do or whatever you post or however you act someone will be offended and I think that's the whole thing with, like, being a victim, right? Whoever's closest to the issue is going to be given the most credibility when complaining or speaking out about it, right? Like, when you brought that up, like, I just thought about, like, this scenario maybe. And I, I'm, I'm sure I've seen this before where it's, like, um, like light-skinned people talking about, like, the stuff that black people face or whatever. Like, making a joke of it, right? Um, yeah. Because they can. They just try to be lighthearted about it, right? And then there's, like, I don't... Like, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but there'll be, like, other people within the black community being, like, you don't know what it's like. You don't know exactly. what it's like. Like, I'm more black than you. I'm closer to the issue. I have more credibility. So you don't have any say in this, you know? Yeah. The same thing happens, like, for me in Hawaii, like, being Hawaiian. Like, I'm I'm only, like, 31% or around there. My mom's, um, my mom is about half and my dad's about an eighth. So it should add up to around 31%. Um, but still, like, I'm not considered a real Hawaiian. And I get it. I'm not, like, the majority Hawaiian. But, like, you know, I still have the culture and the blood. 
I still know words and participate in cultural stuff and things like that. Like, it's hard to take away someone's credibility like that because it's not fair. But then again, there's like the flip side of things where there's like certain people who will be like, will come up to me, just very random um, anecdote. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll be like, you're Hawaiian? No way, me too. And I'm like, oh, you're Hawaiian. How much are you? Because that's like, that's what we ask in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, because everyone's super mixed. So knowing like your blood quantum is just something interesting, right? Um, yeah. And they'll, because like if I, if you, if someone in the mainland goes up to someone else and says, oh, like, I'm Irish. Like, I feel like most people in the mainland or many people in the mainland are just one ethnicity, right? So if you say you're one thing, then you're like, okay, you're 100% that thing. Right. Because, you know, I went up to Dartmouth and, I, and people know that I'm Hawaiian, right? Because I'm from Hawaii. And then winter term comes, we're like, wait, Julian, you're not 100% Hawaiian? Do I 100% Hawaiian? <laughs> Anyways, getting back to what I was saying. Um, there, um, there'll be hypothetically, right? There's, um, people who will come up to me and be like, oh yeah, I'm Hawaiian. Like, oh, how much are you? Oh, I'm one, 128. <laughs> what? I mean, okay. <laughs> but like, where do you draw that line? And that's really tough. Right. Um, no, that because not, even me as someone who's more Hawaiian than that hypothetical person, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm in no position to tell them that they're not Hawaiian. But are they really able to claim that? I don't know. Am I able to claim it since I'm not majority or even 100% Hawaiian? I don't know. It's going to be a really interesting um, debate in the following years, especially with globalization and dissolving cultures. People are going to need to feel more close to their culture. That's what I feel, at least, me being so mixed. Um, I take a lot of pride in my Hawaiian identity, and that's something that's um, grown and been shaped over the years. Yet... um, it's difficult to reach that because I'm not given much access to it. Um, sometimes it doesn't feel like I'm a real Hawaiian, you know, since I don't know a lot. And it's a very complex issue, racial identity, especially as now people are getting more and more mixed and multiracial. Um, yeah. It's not as easy to um, to prescribe a specific identity. And for those who have a multidimensional racial identity, um, tons of ethnicities, like I don't know how many ethnicities I have. I don't know all of mine. Like, how, do, how am I supposed to learn all of them? Um, how am I supposed to learn any to a certain depth or any? It's just difficult. I'll leave it, it at that. It is very difficult. And, like, yeah. both of my parents are black. Like, both of my parents are from Haiti. Both yeah. of them moved to the United States. And so it's, like, for me, being the first gen, like, born in America, like, all of my older relatives refer to me as the American, like American or American. Like that's just how they refer to me. And like, I don't necessarily have, like, yes, I speak the language, like I speak Creole, but like I I have an American accent. So it's like just that barrier in itself, like that's just a wall that like I basically cannot pass. And like, I feel awkward saying like, I'm Haitian to my relatives just because, like, I didn't grow up in Haiti. You're a real Haitian, yeah. I didn't go to school. Like, I didn't, all of my life has been in the United States, and I didn't learn Haitian Creole as my first language. Like, I first learned English, and then I learned Creole. So just those different things and, like, not necessarily being as informed on the history is just, like, it's such a major piece in how... I see myself and like how I see myself connecting more with my culture in the future. And it's mm-hmm. like moving forward. I don't know. It just kind of puts things into perspective of like how my culture is going to be changed as like an American Haitian or Haitian American. So yeah, that's yeah, really interesting. About. Yeah. It's like a lot to think about me as a very mixed person or myself as a very mixed person. Like I feel like, Racial identity is something that's very ambiguous, but I also feel like that's a little bit self-imposed. So I often wonder whether or not I'm playing it up to be more than it actually is. But then here you are, you're hundred percent Haitian, right? Yeah. You're 100%. 100%. And, and it's like, and I don't still that feel, difficulty. yeah. And I that's feel so like just growing up in America, and I think a lot of like 
first gen born um like kids and like other people can identify with that somewhat is just that yeah. disconnect of the different cultures and not growing up like seeing people out in the market or not growing up like walking to school in sandals because you're on an island 100% of the time or yeah snow just the aspect of snow and like experiencing snow versus everyone back home who hasn't ever experienced snow I don't know it's just a lot of different things that are cultural differences that make me feel sometimes that I can't identify with being Haitian. I just have to identify as being black. Yeah. And I don't know. It's difficult. It's really interesting. Just like having the um, living, living the racial experience is what makes you a part of the culture, really, in my opinion. Like, um, because um, I don't know too much about Haiti, but I think there is a degree of poverty there, right? So uh, yes. Okay, I, I <laughs> don't want to. I, no, I knew that, no, 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 no. Like, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Um, I don't want to be offensive. You're broke. <laughs> but you, you have lived a very privileged lifestyle, right? You grew up in the Americas. You're going yeah. to an Ivy League school. Um, you are very far detached from the Haitian experience. So can you say that you're a Haitian with 100% assurance? It's difficult to say, right? Um, yeah. Like, there are people in Hawaii, um, our word for white people is Haole people. There are, um, there are Haole people or people who with less Hawaiian than me who are very close to the culture because maybe they grew up on the side of the island with more Hawaiian people or um, they were more entrenched in, like, Hawaiian studies growing up or they went to an immersion school or something like that. Um, and again, here it's, it's really difficult with the blood quantum thing, but I'm more Hawaiian, yet I feel less Hawaiian than this person standing next to me because they can speak the language. They know the history, they know the culture. Um, and the only pieces that, that I know are just things that I picked up living here. Um, so knowing that, am I as much of a Hawaiian as they are? Um, I don't know, it's really difficult. And I feel like it's difficult to um, to break that. I don't want to call it a threshold, but that's what it feels like. Um, like if you start off in this position where um, you don't know a lot about your culture, um, you've experienced privilege and things like that, it's almost as if you've abandoned that culture. Not that right. anyone has ever treated me like this, but it feels like it's difficult to come back to it. Not that I've ever left, though, either, which is the crazy no, thing. No, I completely understand. It's just understand. like a degree of shame, you know? Like I'm yeah. ashamed to go. Like I'm a grown man. I'm eight, I'm 19 years old, and I'm and I don't know that much about my my culture at all. Like I've I've gone to cultural events where there's young kids speaking Hawaiian and they're doing this, that, and whatever. And I feel shame, you know. Like I'm old. I should know. Like it's my job right now to start teaching my siblings, or and other um, younger people like about my culture, and I know none of it, right? Um, right. So me coming back and putting myself in a position of vulnerability like that, I feel shame, you know, because um, it makes me feel like a fake Hawaiian or an absent one, at least. And it's interesting, and especially when I go to like a place like Dartmouth or anywhere on the East Coast where um, Hawaiians are very hard to come by. You're Everybody all of a sudden expects you to know, like they put person. you at this caliber where it's just like you're supposed to teach the people about yeah. everything about it, everything it is about your culture. Hawaiian. <laughs> yeah. And you can speak the language with a drop of a dime and just yeah. knows everything about the history and can speak to anyone who's interested about the history for hours upon hours upon hours. And I feel like that's not even something that is necessarily like, I don't even think that's something that people expect from you, but it's something that you expect from yourself to be able to do. Just because once you say that I'm Hawaiian, like there's a sense of pride in that that yeah. makes you want to be able to do those certain things. But then it's like, I don't think I know enough. I can't. I don't know if I can iterate it in the way that they'll understand my experience yeah. or the experiences of people like me in a way that's not only holistic, but yeah, in a way that's holistic. And it's just yeah. like, I don't necessarily feel like I can do that. I, I guess I'm kind of speaking about myself through you right now, but like, no, go ahead. I personally don't feel like I'm in the space to be able to 
speak about Haitian culture in the same way that yeah. my cousin who grew up in Haiti is able to, or yeah. um, my uncle who has never been to the United States or anyone else. But it's just so difficult when I say that I'm Haitian and then there'll be that one person that says like, say something in Creole or say something in Haitian. It's just like, like, it's not even that I can't do it. It's just that I feel almost ashamed that I don't know every single word mm-hmm. so that I don't necessarily feel like I can even say one word because I'll say it in my American accent. And that's what they'll remember, yeah. the American accent version of what it should be. Yeah, because that's so a it's test like, of your of your of your Haitianness almost, you know? Yeah. Like you're being called to the plate. Can you like act like a Haitian? Can really? you hit a home run right now? Yeah. <laughs> it's, difficult. it's difficult. You know, it was crazy. Even even in high school in Hawaii, um, we were watching this video of of someone doing slam poetry in Hawaiian because we were writing slam poetry. My teacher was from the mainland, but everyone else in the room is from Hawaii, right? Because we're all yeah. going to school together. And they're, 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 uh, what's it called? The, the lady on the screen is giving her, her poetry, um, right? And then all of a sudden, like, the teacher pauses the video. I don't know. And she's like, and this wasn't meant in any, like, mean way at all. She's like, oh, Julian, what is she saying? What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I recognize a few words, but I don't know it, you know? I couldn't string it together yeah. and tell you what it means, right? Um, and it's just interesting. Um, but on the same, like, I feel like that's only expected really of minorities, native peoples, you know? Like, yeah. if someone's from Ireland, I'm not going to go, can you speak Irish for me, please? <laughs> oh, my God, I would love it if you spoke Irish for me. Can you please just speak Irish for me? Can you, like, break out your <laughs> that instrument? I don't even know yeah. what it's called. No, we don't, no one does that. But, like, the way we exoticize minority cultures is like, oh, you're this? Why don't you do this for me? Or you're Hawaiian? Yeah. Why don't you do hula for me? Can you say a mahalo for me, please? Oh. Can you teach me how to surf? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. This is, this is what orientation week was like for me. Oh, hi. I'm Julian. Oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Hawaii. Oh, my God. <laughs> do you know how to surf? Oh, I don't know how to surf. Oh, <laughs> sorry to let you down. I don't know what to say. <laughs> and the and this conver- like, you can visibly see said- the conversation, like the flame of like passion about like learning about what it is just yeah. flickers and it goes off like that. And it's, I almost, I almost feel like I can't fault people for like being interested in that yeah. way. Like, because you it's like, it's far away. Like people at school don't even know that Hawaii is a state. That blows my mind. <laughs> oh. oh, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's an issue. No, that's that, that's an issue beyond just like, oh, like I care about the culture. No, that like that's an issue. <laughs> like it's that's one of the that 50. People, it's one of the 50. <laughs> I mean, it's the 50th. Everyone has seen Hawaii 5-0. But like the 5-0 yeah. means like the 50th state. If, any, if anyone was wondering. <laughs> um, but another thing is like, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Hawaii. From where? Hawaii. From where? Hawaii. Oh, you're from Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> no, Julian, I'm not going to lie, though. When I first heard you say, I, I'm not going to try to butcher, like, I'm not going to butcher it. But like, when I first no, heard ahead. you say Hawaii the way you say it, I was like, oh, wait, they, they don't say it the way I've heard it my entire life. That's. Yeah, but you're not That's at fault like, for that at all. I'm not, I'm not at fault all. for that. Yeah. No, I know, but it's like, so they, like, culture, American culture should at least attempt, because it's American culture, right? It's yeah. ho- like Hawaii is American culture, and I still don't naturally say it the proper way. And, like, just that in itself is, like, one of those things where it's, ah, sometimes yeah. it's just like, wow. But you, like just to take it one step further, I saw a TikTok the other day where there is this um, Hawaiian girl, um, and she'd received a comment on one of your on one of her videos. She's like, this this um this person was like, 
why don't you say Hawaii like how it's supposed to be said? Mike, why do you say Hawaii? That's not how you say it. Oh, man. Someone from who knows where is telling a Hawaiian girl from Hawaii how to pronounce her home state. Because that's how it's pronounced, Hawaii. That's how you're supposed to say it. And people are like, I think I think it draws back to just this perception of certain minority groups as being like savage, you know? Yeah. Like if you aren't saying it in the proper white way, then it's not the right way, you know? Like, why do you feel like you have to be so special for? Why can't you just say Hawaii like everyone else? Well, it's because it's actually pronounced Hawaii, you know? Um, and that's just so frustrating to see. Like as as an American, or not, I'm not talking about Americans generally, but I feel like some mm-hmm. people as Americans, there's like a hierarchy where this is our general culture. This is American culture. And if you stray outside of that, I'm in a position as an American to really to back in. reel you back in or toss yeah. you all the way as far as I can see yeah. out of you. Oh, that's just, that's just a native thing. <laughs> just, just let them do their thing. That's just a native thing as, as opposed to recognizing that as a, as a thing, right? And saying yes, this is another dimension of American culture. It's no, those are those are native peoples. We're just we're yeah. just gonna let them express their culture. This is something that we talked about in my in my deaf class a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It was actually with um, when we were looking at Haitian people um, and their some of their rituals. Yeah. My teacher was like, "Yeah, in typical American culture, like we're gonna be like." Um, of course, I'm not quoting him directly because I don't remember exactly what he's saying. I don't want him to come under fire for any of this. Right? This is just what I remember. Um, he was saying, yeah, like typical American or just, I'm stumbling over my words, typical culture in general, not even like American culture would be like, oh, those are native peoples, like kind of like reducing them to that, which is why they act in such an abnormal way or a taboo way. That's just right. their culture. Let them, let them do what they're going to do. Right. As opposed to, as opposed to saying, no, this is a part of, or well, in the Hawaii example, this is a part of American culture. Let's try and see how why they do these these rituals and make meaning of them and stop thinking of it as an alternate reality for these people you know as opposed or think of it think of it as their way of living as opposed to their alternate reality you know like they're living in some sort of fallacy this is this is the way that they see the world right and that can be said about american culture too the way we see the world different from like a european culture or an asian culture stuff like that it's all relative so who are we in the position as big old America to say, oh, they're just practicing their culture. Just let them do their thing. They're just expressing themselves. No, like you have, it's our job, especially as some place that's so diverse and that touts ourselves for being such a diverse place. To take the time to understand that, you know, because yeah. it's all, it's how these people make meaning and how they understand their lives around them. And that class has completely changed the way I thought about things because I thought about that the same way too because that's just American culture, right? That's how I thought about other people who are practicing their cultures. But now it's more, it, now when you approach it from looking at the religious, cultural, historical context, how do these people take things in their everyday life and mold their, mold the way that they live their lives and, and their beliefs, right? Yeah. Like, um, this is from just from my knowledge of Haitian culture, and you can feel free to correct me. Just stuff that I learned in that class, but um, is that the quack noises? The quack noises. <laughs> the duck is back. <laughs> the duck is back. But like people, people, um, like you look at the princess and the frog, for example. Like I feel like Haitian people are characterized by like them making spells and doing this, that, yeah. and whatever. Um, if I remember correctly, a lot of that was in reaction to the way that the colonizers had been treating them. Like, they're doing these bad things to us. Like, this is our way to fight back. Like, we need to make these these things that are going to, like, bring them sickness or something like that. Or make our lives easier or something like that. Um, and so it's really easy to make a Disney movie with Haitian people and have all these, like, fantastical depictions of them. Um, when really... The history behind that is a lot, it's a lot darker, you know? Yeah, it's a lot more sinister than <laughs> what it seems. It's not just a, oh, this is an imaginary, uh, they're doing some voodoo and 
voila, the frog turns into a man. It's it yeah. or the it's it it's not just like oh this this it's romanticized. It's romanticized. It's romanticized in like one of the worst ways. Just because not even only in that movie, but oh, there was another movie that I saw recently. I think it was from like the eighties or nineties where the backstory like, is like wicked. Yeah, like not wicked back- cool, it's like wicked evil. <laughs> yeah. So basically like has this guy and he's supposed to be this like private investigator from like the nine like the like nineteen I think nineteen twenties, right? And so he's in the south and like there's this murder that just happened and basically he goes to like a like a farm pretty much where previously freed slaves are like working. Yeah. And so like they're like working on his farm and like there's this scene where they're like he basically comes through and he's like watching from a bush and it's like the most fa- like fantastical iteration where it like depicts these black people making this like doing this like i guess in what they describe it like tribal uh activity where there's like a big fire and like they're dancing and running around it like pretty much the depiction of what americans see a savage as and like that was the depiction that they chose to have in the movie to like show that like and then they have the like white guy peering over the bush like looking shocked to see like all this stuff happening and it's like those types of images are what people have grown up seeing about Haitian people or like the like the bayou in louisiana and like the deep south and that like the black culture the deep south pretty much and so like it's just interesting to see that depiction where it's like the white guy looking over yeah and taking a peek at what this culture is but Mm -hmm. then that's the depiction that they use where it's like they're running around the fire eyes like wide open running around frantically like cutting a chicken's making head noises yeah making noises slamming on the ground and it's just like like it, it almost made me sick to see that scene i don't know yeah it was just it was it was a lot it was a lot and so it's like the fact that it made me sick to see that scene where it's it's like it's not even just like i'm sick in terms of i know the culture behind this and it's like it's being mm-hmm. depicted wrong it's not even not even that layer of it is what's making me feel sick initially. It's the layer of what are they doing? Like why is like why are they acting like this? Yeah. Like that's the initial thought that comes into your mind when you see something like that. It's like so fantastical that it's like like you're just in awe almost of like what they're doing. And then it's, it's like that's like so inauthentic, right? It's so inauthentic that it's like you just I don't know. You're just like sick to your stomach of like, oh, that's how they act. And then yeah. the fact that even I felt that way is like, I can't imagine how someone who doesn't necessarily have that background knowledge on Haitian culture or the deep South in that way. Cause most people don't like most people aren't taught about Haitian culture in the same way. Yeah. Like maybe they're taught about the Haitian revolution for that one week in class where the mm-hmm. Haitians defeated the French and took took the land and made the first free slave uh, colony, but yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah, it is really interesting, um, especially like with or from the Hawaiian experience at least. Um, I went to Bishop Museum. It's a museum um, in Hawaii, which shows like just archives of Hawaiian stuff. Um, and this, this one this one exhibit was just showing like the history of the guitar or like stringed instruments like that, like the guitar and the ukulele. Ukulele, by the way, ukulele. <laughs> um, not uke, please don't call it a uke. You don't know how offensive that is. Um, and how there's like, of course, Elvis Presley was super into Hawaiian music and stuff like that. And so they show like all like the the girls and the Aloha shirts and stuff like that. It's just 
I don't even know how to describe that depiction of Hawaiian culture other than false, you know? Yeah. Um, and more modernly, um, there is this Korean restaurant by, um, by my high school, um, and they sell boba. And there's like, there's like a poster on the wall, um, and like encouraging people to buy boba. And it, they want to give like a local feel to it, right? Because you're trying to appeal to tourists, right? Right. So what they do is they put two obese Hawaiians in that poster, both holding two bobas in their hands. And like with big smiles on their faces and aloha shirts and stuff like that. And it's just like, wow, this is how... This is how Hawaiian people are depicted as just like these these fat slobs stuffing their faces with boba, you know, but like yeah. all like super jolly while they're doing it, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Diabetes is a huge like... problem in Hawaii, but I just feel like the way that right then that was depicted was just like almost reckless abandon for your health. And of course, yeah. that's a bit like over the top, but. Like just Hawaiians not caring, just like yeah, give me as much boba as I can. That's what the people. That's what they're depicted as like dumb and fat and obese and just all that other kind of stuff. And underneath that, what made me really sick is that Hawaiians agreed to do that. You know, they're feeding right. into that portrayal of Hawaiians, and they're paid to do it. <laughs> and they get paid to do it, and it's just like it's sickening to me. I don't know if this necessarily, like, I don't know. I feel like with modern Disney movies, I guess Disney's tried, (laughs) tried to, like, be more culturally inclusive or give a more holistic view of what a culture that they're depicting is. And, like, I guess with that depiction of, like, obesity and Hawaiians, I just, like, think of Moana mm-hmm. and kind of just, like, the way that they created uh, Maui, I think, and her and, like, the character designs that they have for the two of them. Yeah. And just, like... You, like, look, at, you look at Elsa and Anna, for example. They're very yeah, dainty, thin. Very thin. Thin. Yeah. And it's just, like, this is the depiction that you have for this group. And then this is the depiction you have for this group. So it's, yeah. and like, that's still, and like Moana is a modern, like we can say Moana is a modern movie, like definitely. It's a modern movie made in an era where people were supposed to be, um, I guess, more culturally inclusive and more understanding or apathetic or empathetic, I mean, to, um, other groups of people yeah but i feel like see here's another interesting balance because you don't want to be portrayed as a savage right but i feel like in moana while they did try they were portrayed as quite vanilla you know american civilized like even keeled soft-spoken and while those are qualities of some hawaiians like i it's hard to please anyone and i'll give them that right um right but i don't think that the depiction was as accurate as it could have been but right in that vein of disney trying to be more culturally inclusive they do do some pretty messed up stuff like we studied this in my in my death class um you know coco yeah so a little while after they released that movie they tried to copyright i forget the, the spanish name for it but they tried to copyright day of the dead in spanish really they tried to copyright that name so that they could, Disney did. Uh, yes. So that they could see profit to anyone else who ever tried using it. Wow. Yeah. How messed up is that? And everyone's like, "Oh, Disney is so awesome for like having done this thing about um, Mexican culture and everything like that." Because right. it was set in Mexico, right? If I'm if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Coco's like praised pretty. I I feel like Coco's yeah. praised as like one of Disney's better jobs of like fully uh, like taking culture and like presenting it in a way that's not only like more positive but then that's also like a good story like they told a good story based around people's like what people believed 
Yeah. And I feel like, um, I mean, I don't know much about Mexican culture, but from what I saw, I learned a lot from that movie about Mexican culture and I thought it was very enlightening. Um, yeah. And I like the way that they portrayed it, especially given the political climate with everything going on with the wall. Cause I believe though that movie was released. Yeah. The movie came out around the same time. Um, so that, that depiction of them, I, I really liked it. Um, but then they go ahead and do something like that. And then you hear more stuff about the Disney vault kicking up and it's just, I don't know. Yeah. But I, it's difficult because I feel like as minorities, we want to be, we want to be fairly portrayed and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And there's always going to be things, there's always going to be shortcomings, right? Because there aren't, there aren't in Moana, if, if Moana was, was a song, there isn't a Hawaiian person up in the booth spitting the lyrics and writing down everything right. and like make sure everything is 100% Hawaiian. Like sure there is Hawaiian actors and everything like that, but you get what I mean. Um, yeah. It's difficult to please people, you know, it's, it's always, you're never going to please everyone. Like, and, for example, in Hawaiian culture, like you, um, University of Hawaii teaches Hawaiian a certain way. University mm-hmm. of Hawaii Manoa. This is just from what I heard. University of um, Hawaii in Hilo on the Big Island teaches different Hawaiian languages. There's different dialects for each island, right? And people right. fight about that. You can't even have agreement amongst Hawaiians, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just difficult to please anyone. And of course, to a certain degree, you have to appeal to other audiences. Because the only way to get people to learn more about another culture is to package it in a way that they can understand, right? Yeah, and that everyone can digest. Yeah, but how do you do that without Americanizing it or um, making it seem less savage and stuff like that? It's a difficult balance to strike. And then there's always the aspect of like, if you do present it in a way that's, 200 percent like authentic and like you bring in the whole team of people who are part of that culture or do have that identity and they all come together and the entire team is run by people who are part of that culture identify with that culture and have lived that culture yeah you still will have people mad who are part of that culture about what they choose to portray and what they choose to like yeah like what they choose to include and what they choose not to include so yeah. it really is just like reiterating that point of like it's really impossible to please everybody, and like a, a lot of people would argue that Disney does honestly like like some people would argue definitely that Disney does a better job than most companies when it comes to presenting different cultures in a way where like it can be accessed by a lot of different people and then that movies and then that these movies can become critically acclaimed so it's Mm -hmm. like i think it's almost a similar argument with like black panther i guess because black panther was something that a lot of people were able to watch and identify with like to the point where it became more than just a movie praised by the black community but it became a movie that anybody could go see and be like yeah i like that movie a lot i enjoyed it it was good yeah and so and then even then there's specific people who have been um following black panther and the story of it since its inception and feel that some of the portrayals were a little bit off and things like this could have been done and this wasn't as to the comics as it should have been or whatever and so there's always going to be people who feel like it was done a disservice but yeah i guess it kind of comes down to how much i don't know how much are you going to uh dramatize i don't know dramatize i don't know how to Mm -hmm. say it but like how much are you going to include and then make it accessible so that anybody could come in and learn something from this without it being like how do you boil it down enough to where it's 
digestible, but still does justice to the culture. Right. Yes. No, not right now. I'm busy right now. We talked about this 30 minutes ago. You came in. I think another thing that's difficult is that, um, like with Moana or um, Wakanda, or, um, not Wakanda, Black Panther, um, they're trying to shed a light on these cultures. But the thing is, you can't just do like one, right? Like, right. I feel like it's obvious that Moana is more so about Hawaiian culture because that's what people are most familiar with, right? And that's how they're going to appeal to it. Um, and that's what Disney's going to appeal to their audience is about is making it more about Hawaiian people. But if you notice, it was never directly it was never directly said that oh this is about Hawaiian people because they're trying to right. appeal to um, all Polynesian and other Pacific Islander communities. And kudos to them for that. But then on um, talking about not being able to please everyone, on the flip side of that, you end up generalizing. Not that I saw any problems with the movie, but you end up generalizing. Mm-hmm. So you can represent the Pacific population largely, but then you end up like lumping them together, you know? Right. You're not giving them their, their individual identity. And um, applying that to Black Panther, um, applying that to Black Panther, um, yes, it was about African culture, right? Um, and mm-hmm. I'm sure there were certain aspects like in the art or with the weaponry um, that they're trying to they're trying to touch on different cultures um but you end up generalizing again like i said and then there's the issue of representing one culture more than the other like i feel like it's safe to say in in moana hawaiian culture was like i said because you need to appeal to people who are more familiar with hawaiian culture that was hawaiian culture was was shown a little more um in in um black panther I, I, of course, this is a hypothesis, but maybe with certain aspects, as far as under, wow, I'm just tripping over my words, like inequality and represent, cultural representation, I'm sure mm-hmm. with the accent, because as far as I know, there's different African accents amongst Africa, right? Um, right? Maybe if they only use one type of accent, then they're only portraying that set of people. So now, like, you're irritating people doubly saying that now you're generalizing people, but then amongst that group, you're only really representing one, you know? Right. It's just, it's difficult. So it just becomes a, I guess not to- No one can win. Not, like, not in a negative term, but like it almost, it's like a rabbit hole, just like information and how do you present it properly so that people can learn from it, but then you that you're also presenting the culture in the way it should be as as well as it can be yeah and it's also about choosing which culture you choose to represent right like um like the redskins the football team yeah i i believe that they're that's the mohawk tribe i don't someone can correct me if they want to um but how would you feel like especially for maybe other other um other tribes that maybe don't get along as well with the Mohawk people. That's the way that you, that you're being portrayed, you know? Um, like, like for example, what if, what if a sports team in Africa per se made like the Nigeria crackers, for example, and that was their sports team for some sort of sport. And their mascot was someone with a KKK hat on, <laughs> you know? Yeah. How would you feel, you know? Or how would how would um, a white American feel about that? Um, I don't know. It's interesting that portrayal. But then again, you can't represent everyone, and it's difficult to do that. Um, I was talking. We were having this uh, a similar conversation at school, and how some people were frustrated that they felt that they didn't have a cultural space um, because there will be like a native group, a Hawaiian group, a Chinese group, Japanese group, whatever. And um, this 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 person was Nicaraguan, um, mm-hmm. and they felt that it was it was unfair that there are certain that there are certain groups that are given that space to 
to practice and be close with their specific culture, you know? Right. And while that is true, I feel like as far as your person goes and as far as your soul goes, it's, it, it's good to have that type of culture, right? Like seeing other Hawaiian people every once in a while on campus we can really brighten my day, you know? Like speaking in my Hawaiian accent and stuff like that. Um, but then again, like there are so many cultures at Dartmouth. I know. And how do you, how are you supposed to hold a college accountable for not completely um, catering to you and your culture, you know? And maybe I can say this as a Hawaiian from, from privilege, especially being one with a community on campus. But I feel like if I were in their position, I don't know, you have to consider how difficult it is to, to cater to all those things, you know? And if you wanted to have a club, you know, how many people of, from, from your descent would be able to, or of your ethnicity would be able to show up and participate in that, you know? Right. Um, and you talk about like whether or not that's cost effective, like because every club gets a certain amount of money and Dartmouth couldn't give everyone a club, right? For like, exactly. Oh, I want to I wanna make like a, of course, not reducing cultures or ethnicities at all, but I want to start like a, like a, like a Rubik, a behind the back Rubik's Cube club or something like that. But there's only two people in it. So like, you can't have a club, right? Because not enough people, da, da, da. But then you get into this whole debate about capitalism and giving um, ethnicities the resources they need to be able to grow and things like that. Because there are people mm -hmm. who are underfunded and that's institutional racism. Um, I'm getting off on a really long tangent, but I hope this is making some sort of sense. It's difficult to please everyone. And it, and it's difficult to provide that for everyone. Um, and it's also difficult to hold people accountable for that because there are instances where people are um, being treated unjustly. Um, so finding that balance again is really difficult. Right. <sighs> also, right. sorry if I'm like being conversation dominator. I'm just like getting really excited. No, bro, bro. It's all good, bro. It's what we're here for, bro. The conversation. Thank you everyone for watching. This brings us to the end of the third episode. Please let us know again what you think. If you have any suggestions about things that we're talking about, topics to cover, the way we record, the way we go about structuring the podcast, any feedback is welcome. Um, thank you again for watching all the way through if you made it to this part and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you.